This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments, allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Rick Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and first off, thanks for listening to the Mindful Experiment. As each week we are back rocking and rolling, February 14th, 2020, we are getting back to our interviews and sharing awesome interviews that we've been doing for the last six to eight weeks. In this first one, this is an awesome interview I had with Dr. Brandon Harshi. He's actually a good friend of mine I went to chiropractic school with, and we haven't connected in a while. And I made a commitment this year moving forward that I'm going to be connecting with, and we talked a little bit about this. Uh, it wasn't on the recording. It was afterwards about how 
he actually has the same commitment of meeting and reaching out with people that matter to him, he cared about, he liked. And it's some of the movements I've done. And he's doing amazing things. He's a chiropractor. He's a podcaster. Um, his wife is the author of Birth Without Fear. They have done some, she goes out and does seminars on this and te- empowering women um, and so much more. They're just an awesome power couple. And it was just exciting to be able to get back and connect with him. And we talk about a bunch of things. This podcast was totally just two friends connecting and uh, chatting. And so you get to hear me actually talk way more in my interviews, uh, this interview than I do in most interviews. Uh, Because usually when I interview someone, I want to pick their brain. I want to be able to extract information so that you can be um, grasping things to learn and grow and learn as much as you can about them because you get to hear enough about me already through my own individual episodes that I do with myself. And so it was very, very cool to be able to hang out with a friend and just talk life. You're going to hear a lot of great things. He talks about his six kids and what that did and parenting and those types of things. We talk about chiropractic. We talk about energy. We talk about mindfulness. We talk about life. We get into wrestling. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff here that we share and chat about. So I'm excited to share this episode with a dear friend of mine. And I know you're going to appreciate the nuggets that come out of this. So tune in. It's a long one, but it's a good one. Here is Dr. Brandon Harshi. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And it's, uh, as you know, having a business, it's like, God, there's no more bipolar experience in the world than doing a business. <laughs> Good God. You're happy one day you get a piece of news. Shit, son of a mother. What the hell? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Breathe. We're good. All right. Let's keep moving forward. This is all going to work out. <laughs> I know. It's, I, had, I had a day like that last week where uh, actually it was, yeah, New Year's Eve. I had like four new patients that, that day. Wow. And I was on top of the world. I'm like, all right, bring on 2020. And then New Year's Day was like just a bunch of crap. Like just, it just, everything went to shit that day. And uh, I was like, what the hell? I had such a good day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny how the mind works when we get something of what we want and then immediately it gets, you know, something comes in counters. We're like, no, 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 please don't go away. No, no. This is what, this is the feelings I want. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to stay present, but I want my present to be five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) So business is good. You've been, have you been practicing the whole time? Uh, No. Well, so I felt like there was a gap. Yeah, there was. So I, uh, it was pretty rough going the first two years out of school and almost like two days shy of our, uh, graduation date. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I finally had some success and, and, uh, and so I had that, that practice in the panhandle and it was unbelievable. I averaged, uh, the first year there, I averaged 40 new patients a month. Wow. Dude. The second year it was 36 new patients a month. And it was only 36 because that December that year, it like, North Texas got hammered by snow and ice. And so I, I mean, I hardly saw anyone that whole December. Gotcha. And so, and then, uh, that following spring I sold the practice and I, I mean, that was unbelievable. So, uh, but then birth without fear started taking off for January and she was do- <clears throat> doing events all over the country. And, uh, it just, it was doing, it was very lucrative for a while. And then, uh, yeah, then things just started, kind of running its course and we forced it and tried to make it last longer than it probably should have. And, and, uh, yeah, I just, my, my mental health tanked for a long time and, uh, finally got, we moved back to Arizona 
gotcha. Uh, finally left Texas. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I lasted 14 years there, but man, oh man. Well, cause uh, you were, what, what, what panhandles, what part of it? Uh, it's a little town called Childress. It's, uh, it was like the hub of a bunch of little towns within a 30 mile radius. Gotcha. Okay. And it was two hours from any major city. So it was like two hours from Amarillo, Wichita Falls, two and a half hours from Lubbock. I was going to say Lubbock. Okay. Yeah. What, what happened was crazy because I was starting up a practice in Carrollton, you know, in the Dallas area. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't going very well, but I had this one patient who had, uh, a sister who owned this little day spa in this little town called Childress. And uh, she asked me if I've ever heard of it. And I'm like, no, I don't, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and so we, I, I talked with her sister and we worked it out and her sister helped market everything because, you know, the, I'm seeing people out of her day spa. It's more business for her. So I went down this one day and I, I left at three 30 in the morning, drove four hours to Childress got everything set up by seven thirty, and I saw 23 new patients in 12 and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. And I drove home that night and it took me like two days to recover physically. I was so tired. I can only imagine. Yeah. And <clears throat> obviously that's more money than I've ever made in a single day. So that was, that was crazy. And so I went down two weeks later and then two weeks later and it was just, it was like the same thing every time I went. So we moved, we moved there got and uh, it just, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the practice was amazing. If I could have taken it with me, I would have, but you know, I didn't really enjoy living in that area of Texas. <laughs> it's a good area of, of Texas to practice. There's not much out there. And there was one other chiropractor in the town that I, in Childress and he did nothing. He was like semi-retired. And so I showed up and I did a radio ad twice a week on the little radio station there and all the towns within a 60 mile radius would hear me. And so it's just, I mean, it was $300 a month to market. My oh, well, that's, that's a killer. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was crazy. It's like a dream practice. So yeah. And now you're in Arizona. What part of Arizona? We are in Maricopa. Okay. Just a little bit south of Phoenix. I was going to say that's south of Phoenix. Cause I live, I went to school in Arizona for a year and a half at Arizona state. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Well, so we're, um, it's actually considered part of the Valley and it's like South of Ahwatukee and Chandler. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, Ahwatukee was building up when I was out there years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So Phoenix is in Maricopa County, but Maricopa is a little bit South of that in, in a different County. So yeah, it's the point. Where's the point? Well, it's not called the point anymore from what I've heard. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, um, the Arizona grand resort now. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's super nice. I'm trying to make my way out there one of these days. Cause I know it's nothing to what last time I was out there was probably about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And my wife's always hearing about Arizona and she's like, we love the, we should go check it out sometime. I'm like, we'll go. I'm like, you just, yeah. I'm like, let, let me know. I'm like, we'll go. Um, but it's, uh, I'm like, I would love to go just to see. Cause I, my buddy, I have a friend of mine who went to Arizona state and he graduated like nah, about eight years before I did. And okay. when I told him how Arizona state was, when I was there, he's like, that's drastically different. Then we went on Google maps. And this was like five years ago and uh-huh. we're looking and I'm going up. Oh, my dorm's gone. Damn, that dorm's gone. What is it all condos and apartments now? I'm like, this is crazy. 
Yeah, um, so temp, they turned, uh, they filled the canal, and it's Tempe Town Lake now, and it's just all sorts of loft apartment buildings, and like it's it's crazy awesome actually. Yeah, I have to I have to make yeah. it out one day and uh, check it out in my on my my plans of traveling. Yeah, it'll blow your mind. You'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> That's what he said. He went back a few years ago and he was telling me, he's like, it looks like you're in a different world. He's like, it's nothing when I was there. And I'm like, I have to go eventually. Because I remember they were, they call it a man-made lake, but it was just like a, a little bit of, back then I was just, it wasn't as built up as it is now with water and all that. But it, there was like a portion of it where you can go on a boat and so forth. And then it like dried out halfway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it always was. I, cause I was born and raised out here. Ah, so that's right. I drove over. I mean, my parents drove over that bridge, you know, where Tempe town Lake is now like, you know, thousands of times. And so it's actually still a little weird to me seeing it. Cause I just, I remember from when I was a kid and it was nothing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, very cool, man. I'm, I love the success you guys had. I, I, I love seeing people who I know succeed. It's always great to see them kill. I agree it, so. too. I, and I was just saying, congratulations on your book. That's rad. Thanks, it's, man. It's, that's uh, cool. I, ha- I have a mission for thirty in my lifetime, so we'll see how that goes. I know hey. I'm going to get there, but it's just when am I going to get there? Is a the question. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes the way we all the the things that we want the way it comes about is sometimes so strange uh, <laughs> it does that again so yeah. it, i'll tell you something weird on that real quick so january is the one that talked me into going to chiropractic school with her right uh-huh well she got pregnant and then we had all these kids and she never went to chiropractic school so you know i stole her dream of being a doctor well <laughs> since i was 19 i wanted to be a best-selling fantasy author you know, it's like one of my life dreams I'm going to accomplish one of these days. And January goes and gets, you know, this big time book deal and becomes an author. <laughs> so we, I joke around how we stole each other's dreams. And uh, it's pretty funny. I love it. That is hilarious. It's funny how that all works out, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah so, but no, it's exciting. Uh, I really, because I remember when we were in school, <laughs> there was that point. I remember January was trying to figure out what she wanted to do. Yes. I remember she was looking at becoming a chiropractor. I remember talking mm-hmm. to her about it and I was just like, and then now I sit back and see what has happened. I'm just like, that is just, that's just so cool to see. Yeah. She looked into being a naturopath for a while and she's still kind of looking into it because there's a naturopathic school here in Tempe. Yeah. And, um, some other things I think right now she just, she's taking a little sabbatical because she's done a lot of traveling over the last seven years and she's a little burned out. So I was going to say, that's the one thing, that's the one challenge, like the thing I look at, because like I eventually, I'm this year, I'm going to start pushing workshops and doing stuff like that. And my wife's like, she's like, how much do you want to travel? I'm like, it'd be fun in the beginning, but I'll get bored. I'll get tired of it very quickly. Yeah. Traveling's pretty tough. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how some people do it where they're, you know, like a Tony Robbins, you know, eventually, you know, to the level where I want to go, but, but it's like every weekend he's gone somewhere and I'm just like, yeah, that's not what I want to be doing. Uh, yeah. No, it's not. Or even like I told my wife, like once a quarter, I could do that. That's good for me. I, I'm good mm-hmm. with that. Cause I don't want to be away from home so much. Yeah. Yeah. First few years, January travel, she did once a month, <clears throat> like one, one event a month. And then, uh, then she, things kind of changed uh, it is crazy. Actually, things changed for us when Trump was elected. Uh, everyone just got scared. And so the way we were doing our business, like literally changed overnight. Huh. 
And so January had to switch from doing these really huge events. I mean, we went from doing, you know, 250 people, the 250 to 300 people in Portland and Denver to, um, she switched to doing smaller events, uh, but more frequently. So she did a ton of traveling and, uh, I gotcha. for a couple of years there. And then a couple of years ago, she went to Australia for the first time. So that's awesome. Yeah. She went to Sydney in 2018. And then last year she, she was gone for two weeks and she went to Perth, Brisbane and Melbourne and every Australian event she's ever done has been like a huge sellout. She's got like this huge um, follower base out there. Their, and, their consciousness level is way higher than more Americans are. It is. Uh, we're, we're actually, we, um, we started selling shirts with our podcast every week uh-huh. and we designed a new shirt. And so this week's shirt, we're actually donating all the proceeds to whatever charity we can find to help with the Australian fires. Yeah, that's awesome. And so all of our, you know, Australian followers are just buying up these shirts left and right. So it's pretty rad. I have had some mental health issues, uh, specifically from well, most of my life. I have some, you know, I've had some various things I've always kind of dealt with. And we've actually talked about it in our podcast, but yeah. I was actually diagnosed with bipolar two and, uh, Using the Google machine, I probably could have added a few other diagnoses on there. <laughs> but uh, uh, the big thing that it's just I finally figured out is staying present in the moment. Yeah. For me personally, staying present in the moment is literally everything. Yeah. Because if I think about right now, like right now I'm talking to you, I'm sitting in this comfortable recliner, like things are good. You know, my, my wife's downstairs with the kids and, you know, it's, it's a pretty chill day. And if you think about each day, there's what, 86,400 seconds in a day. And if we're present every single one of those seconds, even if bad things are happening, if you actually look at the seconds where a bad thing is happening, it's like so minuscule, it's, it's not even worth like writing out as a percentage, you know? So, so true. And so staying present is, is what matters because when you're, for me, I was, I had one foot in the future and one foot in the past. Well, if you're worried about the future, you know, you get anxiety, fear, all that stuff. Yep. When you have one foot in the past and you have, you know, guilt and depression and it's just, you're a mess. So how can, how can someone not be, you know, bipolar or schizophrenic or whatever it is that people may have? I mean, we're, we're constantly in every other time period, but the, the current one that we're, we're in. So, no, so true. Mindfulness Never- is everything. And we're all bipolar. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. all are. I mean, it's just uh, the range of what considers a diagnosis and not. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's uh, uh, doc, yeah. doc, Dr. Jim, Dr. John Martini talked all about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting because not only that, but, you know, if you look at it from a Buddhist perspective, we all cause our own suffering. I mean, yeah. all the issues I've ever had was my own stupid fault. I look back, I'm like, man, why didn't you know these things earlier? I mean, it's like, you're a smart guy. You can figure this out. But <laughs> evidently, I wasn't that smart. So I would uh, say aware. You're not smart. I would just say awareness <laughs> wasn't fully there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just using yeah, a Buddhist word there. I'll call it. You know, <laughs> hey, but whatever works, right? Like I'm doing this thing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, whatever, whatever works. Uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I you know who is it? Uh, David Goggins, I think his name is. Yeah, that's his name. Um, 
he, he's so harsh about how he calls himself things. And so mm-hmm. I started doing that just for fun from a physical standpoint, from a mindset standpoint, from a mm-hmm. smart, and my wife's like, I don't, I don't want to hear you saying those things. That's so negative. I'm like, honey, you can understand this. For me, the way my mindset works is when I hear that, I want to react. I want to challenge it. So if I'm saying something negative to myself, like I'm stupid or something, I know I'm not stupid, but when I say it, I hear it and I'm like, you know what? F you, I ain't stupid. I'm going to prove you wrong. And I need to challenge somebody because there's not, there's, I don't have that stimulus like I was growing up. And so I've, I've been playing around with this for a couple of months. It actually works. It's kind of interesting, but I don't recommend it for everybody, but um, it's just no, something I, I'm I, testing I, out. I, I did that like my whole life. I've been so hard on myself and saying, Hey, you're stupid. And, and, but it was like, you know, intense and for the first time recently like i, I kind of had a uh not kind of i had a pretty big awareness enlightenment type of moment uh last year and that's really helped me to stay present in the moment at all times as well um but it's yeah it's i lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> it was so enlightening <laughs> it's yeah, too it high up there for you to remember yeah it doesn't even matter it's it was that enlightening. That's awesome, dude. I love it. I love it. I think the, the thing that I'm trying to do most in my life, besides just staying um, present in the moment, is I'm really trying to go after the things I want while also being open to however they may come about. <clears throat> you know, like I set the intention, but if it comes about in a completely opposite way than I imagined that's fine too so uh yeah I mean that, I that's, that's something I'm pretty passionate about I'd say right now I'm pretty mindful of that's pretty huge right there I think that's extremely critical because yeah, uh, in the world of manifestation in the world of uh attracting things out people the words they use it's like well this is what I want this is how it should be and I'm just like, but what if the universe has a bigger plan? Yeah. What if, what if there's like, you want the apple, you get the orange and the orange is what you really wanted. But you, if you get stuck on the apple, you miss the whole beauty. And if you're more flexible, like you are being more flexible with the mind in that perspective, then all of a sudden you get, you're getting fruit at the end of the day. It's just better yeah. fruit for you of what you needed. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting how it works out. And an- another thing too, that I I've really gotten into, and I think I've gotten January into it about as much as uh, I'm really into numerology and paying attention <laughs> to numerological signs and man, Oh man, e- even if you see any kind of three or four number combination, you think it's nothing, look it up on Google. And I'm telling you, it's going to mean something because I, I am, every number combination I see around me everywhere, I'm constantly looking up what it means. And it's like literally directly applicable to my life within that, you know, within an hour's time. It's crazy. I love, love numerology. You said 2020 was going to be a good year. What were you, yeah. what's the numerology saying? Uh, the numerology is saying kick ass and everything's going to come your way. <laughs> That's what it says for me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I got into numerology years ago, man. It's uh, it's pretty yeah. fascinating when you get into like uh, your, your life, not life plan. What do they call it? Life number. Um, mm-hmm. Forgive me. I don't remember the terminology that well, but it's, yeah, uh, no, I know what you're talking about. And so you let, had, let, me, let me blow your mind real quick. Okay. Let's go okay. for it. 
So January, she was born on January 20th, which is the cusp of Capricorn and Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Technically, she's Aquarius, but it's supposedly the cusp. She was seven pounds, seven ounces. She was born (laughs) at 11, 11 p.m. Wow. And her life number is 77. That is crazy. It's nuts. It's like unbelievable. (laughs) Talk about alignment. You know what I mean? What else do you need than that right there? Yeah. And... I don't know if this makes me weird. Uh, I've, you know, she's RH negative with her blood type and I've read stuff for RH negative. You know, people think that maybe they're descended from aliens. I'm just, I know I'm saying sounding really out there and wacky and weird. And I never said that. Just, just I always tell January that she might be one of those ones descended from aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the junk DNA, man, you know, junk yeah. DNA. What is that? I don't know. You know, we can't figure yeah. it out yet. Yep. Yeah. And why do, why do some humans um, have these, I hate to say gifts. I don't like saying that. Um, I think we, we all have it, but how do some people can connect to the other side? Some can't, how can some see things that we can't see that are in different dimensions or I don't know, do I can go all down that path? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, one thing that's really happened for me in the last year since I've, you know, had my eyes opened to the ways of, you know, the universe, so to speak, is I'm very much in tune with energy now. And I let it really guide me when I'm giving someone an adjustment. And I'm, it's, it's wild because I can just, it's like, I can just feel the energy of what I am needing to do. And it's like, it it just, it gives me signals of what I should and shouldn't do. And when I do give an adjustment, even if you don't hear like an audible sound or if you were just going to rely on your physical senses, it doesn't seem like anything happened. I can feel the energy and I know if, you know, that bone moved or if it didn't and it's really wild and I love it. Well, the tone of that area, right? You can just feel that tone. Cause I, I don't know. I know we didn't talk about techniques here, but I know like I started, um, practice, I, I practice tonal. That's just the, the technique mm-hmm. I ended up going towards just about a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just resonates with me in so many ways. Um, yeah. especially since I was a, I don't know what the word is a technique junkie. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I do. I studied so many freaking techniques, uh, when we yeah, were in I school. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I was just like, man, what can I get my hands on next? This is so cool. And then it's yeah. like, you got to practice. What's your technique going to be? Oh shit. I'm going to try the first seven I learned. And then I'm going to add another four here and I'm going to do six over there. And let's see if I can mix this all together and make something. You, you um, practice the Manzo technique and I practice the Harshi technique. That's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I, when people ask me like, well, how many chiropractic techniques are there? I was like, well, Find out how many chiropractors there are in the world and your answer. <laughs> like literally. I mean, even if you practice exactly the same as someone else, you're still doing something different. Oh, so true. That's why I love how you bring up and, and, and uh, with the whole like your energy flow when you make an adjustment and whatnot. I mean, like, why is it? I always, because we have students that come to our office once a month and mm-hmm. what we do is, or a little over once a month. And I, it's our way wow. of giving back to the community or to our profession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. rather especially in national here the school is just ridiculously horrible um oh, it's always been horrible yeah it's, yeah it's just yeah, yeah i wouldn't even go there but um but the whole purpose <laughs> the whole purpose is, is i wanted to you know get, just if i can shape the mind or help get them influenced in some way or some form then it's like we did it we got it we're doing something for them but it's mm-hmm. always fascinating because i practice 
um, I tell them like, how, yeah, I go, the, the key difference, I go, you, this is going to take time for you to understand. I'm going to mess with your mind. But I'm like, why is it that someone can adjust, let's say C1, ASLP or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the both chiros do the same exact adjustment at the same time. Let's say two different time frames. One, holy cow, magical, huge experience, you know, whatever it may be. And the other one, nothing. Not saying we have to have an outcome because it sounds like that's where I'm going towards, but we, we don't yeah. have to have an outcome. But it's just what's the difference between the two? And it's what you're mentioning. Yeah. It's, it's the mindfulness. It's the intention. It actually has nothing to do with your knowledge of the technique and everything. It's all just in the mind. Intention, mindfulness, and not having ego. You know, the ego is... We all have the ego, but the minute we let it run things, then it's, it can be tricky. You don't always get what we want when the ego is running the show. That's so true. How do you keep your ego in check? Well, I, I used to have a really huge ego. And when I look back on it, it was really ridiculous because I didn't have like any reasons to have a huge ego. And it just I think it was a decision I just made one day. And I think we all have an ego to a certain extent. I mean, personally, I do enjoy attention. If I have a post on Instagram or on social media that gets a lot of attention, a lot of likes, a lot of comments, I like it. I enjoy the dopamine release, all that stuff. (laughs) Um, But but the point is also staying humble, staying grateful, staying present in the moment. Uh, Actually, present in the moment first, then humble, grateful. (laughs) But being present in the moment is what allows you to step back and look at everything and say, wow, like right now I have this, this, and this going on for me. It's amazing. And wow, like I I can't even believe it. Like this is amazing. And it just blows me away when I stop and think about that, which I I do a lot more now and it's it's great. And so it keeps my ego in check. And uh, I like to use a lot of self-deprecating humor. You were talking about that earlier. Hey, it's 1.11 p.m. here. <laughs> yes, it is. Buffs. <laughs> <laughs> and my computer's charged at 100. percent So hey, things good. So Reason yeah, ones, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's critical. I mean, I think with the whole, you know, being appreciative, staying present. I think his gratitude takes you right back into the moment to, to count your blessings. Right. Yeah, it's it's like cyclical. It's like what came first, the mindfulness or the gratitude. At least that's how it feels for me. And yeah. um, it's, it's amazing. I know for me, it is the mindfulness because before when I did have one foot in the past, one foot in the future, I would always see, say people, they, they would say, you know, just choose to be happy. Just be grateful. Just count your blessings. And it's like, well, I'm counting my blessings. See, I have 21 blessings right here. <laughs> and I, I've chosen to be grateful. Like I'm choosing, I'm telling myself and I'm choosing to be happy. Like, see, I'm smiling. I'm happy, but how, how do you actually do that in your mind? I couldn't ever figure that out. Yeah. And then once I became mindful, Oh, okay. Now I get it. And that's the answer. You just got to be mindful. You have to be present in the moment. And then all that other stuff, just you, you can't help but be grateful. You know? Exactly. And I think that's, and it's, it's a beingness, right? Cause you can do the work, mm-hmm. but there's the being side because I can't tell you how many times people will, because people will be like, I practice gratitude all the time. I do it all the time. This and this. Yes and yes. And 
Uh, and I'd be like, cool. What would it, you know, and then I'm listening, but I'm listening to what they're saying, like listening to the vibes they're giving me, feeling their energy as some people would say, rather than the words. And I'm just like, man, I see a disconnect. And then I'll ask questions like, are you checking the box? Where are you at when you're in the gratitude? Let's grade it to feel where, how powerful you're coming out of it and all these other things. And I'm like, if you're really in that state, then in 30 days, we should see in X, Y, or Z in mood or feelings or awareness or ahas or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Would you concur? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have it formed after 21 days, right? So yeah, probably see it sooner than 30 days. Yeah, yeah exactly. I always like to go a little extra just in case. <laughs> I, I totally hear you. No. I totally agree. Yeah, I'm just... I'm saying for people who uh, maybe they, they get it sooner than 30 days. That's why they're, they built the habit earlier. So <laughs> yeah. Have you read the re- new research? I don't know. You remember, you remember, uh, I, I know you don't forget that you have not forgotten this teacher, Dr. Michael Hall. Oh no, no, no one forgets <laughs> Dr. Hall. <laughs> I had the pleasure of being one of his seminars last year. Um, okay. uh, I actually Jan- always got along with him really well as, as a, and as a whole with our class, he, he just hated our class. I don't know. He was rough. He was rough with everybody. Cause there's like, I loved him. I, I, I was the same way. I, I, man, I appreciated him when I saw him, I gave him a big hug and he remembered wow. me and I was just like, dude, I, I love the work you're doing. I always learn from you. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your methods, I get what you, you're challenging everybody to a higher standard. And some people just don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was interesting because I, I started talking about, um, I was trying to get him to do it like, a, I was like, man, can I just, I want to get you on my podcast and just pick your brain neurologically and just let shock the world when it comes to neurology. Cause he's doing a lot of left brain, right brain dominant stuff, really cool stuff yeah, yeah. Um, that I kind of incorporated into my office a little bit. But one of the things he was talking about was the, 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 the way, how, the, how long it takes now, neurologically speaking to shift or create a, like, I don't know if he said new habits and don't quote me on it, but it was like create a new process. And I was like, Oh yeah, 20, you know, 20 some days. And he's, or, and I've read, I'm like, then I had somebody interviewed who told me it takes 66 days and he's like, it's 80 days. And I was like, who's right here. I'm like, I'll trust you over everybody, but I'm just curious. And then he went through his, you know, how he goes through and he know he knows mm-hmm. his neurology. So he goes through all the processes of how this takes and why, and the attention spans are getting less and less and less. So it's making harder for things to click and stick. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. I get you there. Um, but it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's habits take time. And you know, 21 days is just generally accepted number, right? So, but it's, it's like blood pressure, body temperature, you know, BMI, it, it doesn't give you the whole story. And so someone may pick up a habit after, you know, they may just make a decision instantly, but you know what, I'm just doing this. Exactly. Other people may take them, it may take them the 66 or 80 days, or I'll just throw a number out. Hey, you know, I, I'm going to say it takes 107 days. <laughs> <laughs> You can quote me on that. I love it. I'm going to put it there. Dr. Brandon Hershey. Give me a couple months to find the research to back me up, but I'm saying it. (laughs) Give yourself a hundred. Give me 108 days to find the research to show you it's 111 days. The numerology is right there. I know I'm right. (laughs) I love it. And eventually it it will happen, right? It's one of those things. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's like saying XYZ is going to happen. And then you're wrong for 20 years and all of a sudden it finally happens. You're like, see, I told told you it's just yeah. 20 years there you go i'm right now <laughs> you know the thing the thing with that just just dawned on me is what the habit is it also has to be congruent for your life 
So, if it's not congruent with your life, it doesn't matter if it's 21 days or a thousand and 21 days, you're just not going to, you're not going to stick with it. No. And it just has to, it just has to jive with who you are and, and where your mind is at. And, you know, if I, if I was going to make a habit of, uh, I don't know, just start changing my entire health philosophy and becoming very medical minded, I, I would never follow through with that habit because that's just not me. I'm, I'm very holistic and alternative in my beliefs in healthcare. So yeah, you just, you have to have that congruence too to build that new habit. I think, I think you're hundred percent right on that because why is it that some people and you probably, I know you've done this, I've done this where you decide, you make a decision and you move forward and that's your habit. You don't need days or time or yeah. nothing. It's like, this is it. And I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, and yeah. that's, and, and that's the thing about, you know, the interesting thing about research is, you know, one thing is I had somebody in the spiritual world tell me like research is just the, we're experiment, we're figuring out what the, the norm of the past is. And I was yeah. like, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Because you, if you wait for research to come out like chiropractic, right? Chiropractic is still ahead of its time, in my opinion. Way it's ahead been of its so time. far ahead of its time since it started. So since 1895, it's been you know, for people who don't know, it's, that's when chiropractic started. And, and, and uh, we're, it's still like, they're still like, oh, we're figuring out research on these new things. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the, the, the founder used to say this all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't know that D.D. Palmer truly knew that it had to do anything with, you know, the nervous system. It made a good defense when osteopaths sued him for, you know, copying what they did. But man, he, he was like dead on. It's yeah. that's, I mean, everything that comes out is yeah. Okay. New research comes out. It's like, Oh yeah. I, I remember reading where BJ Palmer talked about that in the 1930s, you know, <laughs> you know what, 2020 now, like what? <laughs> tell me about it. You know, I joke with patients a lot. There's a book and man, I can't remember the name of it. I highly recommend reading. It. It's a really good one. It's about neurophysiology and okay. fun- it's it basically, in other words, functional neurology, right? That's the new thing. Uh, yes. yep, yep, but, yep. but it's kind of like that. But what, what interesting, there's nothing chiropractic to it. It's like 1923 or 1927. It came out and I'll joke with patients. Like there's this really great new research research that came out that talks about how your emotions and if you don't get them out of you like if you're angry frustrated resentment fear anxiety if you don't work it um, it gets stored in your nervous system yeah and I go you know when we talk about a subluxation and I call it a miscommunication in the office but you know and I go through that process I'm like that that that's it this is new research 1927 they're saying they stated this and now how many years later with functional neurology coming out proving yeah. that stuff too on top of it it's just yeah absolutely i yeah i completely agree it's it, it is true and and uh i have a family member who has had some certain health issues with a number of things and they they've had a bit of an awakening moment themselves and it's helped clear up a lot of their their pain issues that they've had and so um it yeah, it, a lot of it is mental and it's all mental, actually. Not a lot of it. It's all mental. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even an adjust, you know, even just an adjustment when it, when it stimulates and changes the neurology and especially the communication and activating certain parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that alone changes a whole mental process to everything and how you see things and how you, well, yeah. and I know you know this stuff, but for the listeners, it's one of the things to share. Um, that's just, uh, you know, it, it, it's a game changer. Yeah. 
Well, you, you mentioned the subluxation earlier, and I don't know if people understand what that means, but in chiropractic, the verbal subluxation is a misalignment of one of the vertebrae that puts pressure on the nerves, et cetera, et cetera. That's like the short version. B.J. Palmer explained it as it has to have four components. It has to have the misalignment, which, you know, that happens. He called it occlusion of a foramen, uh, meaning like when the, the C1 misaligns and the spinal canal is narrowed. And so that causes a lot of issues with the, the uh, you know, the dura mater and the ligaments connecting the, the dura mater with the uh, inside of the C1 and C2. And then you have the pressure on the nerves component. Um, you know, it may not be, you know, the bone on nerve type of thing, like what he thought, but it's indirectly, it is that. And then you got the interference to the transmission of mental impulses, which is basically the interruption to the communication between the brain or nervous system and the rest of the body and vice versa. And so it's actually a really devastating thing. And, you know, it can cause people anything, from horrible posture, which, you know, speeds up the degenerative process on one side to constipation, uh, you know, sleep issues, migraines. Uh, I, I've had a patient years ago that it, it helped uh, ease her hot flashes. I have a patient now that when I adjust her, it triggers her hot flashes. So <laughs> it, it's crazy how it works out. And another concept that BJ Palmer talked about is when there is this subluxation, at, uh, you know, more specifically C1, C2, you have a concept called superior brain congestion versus inferior body starvation. And so if that communication is not being transmitted from the brain to the body, then there's just going to be a lot of extra stuff going on in, in the mind. And it's, it's, it's almost like you have this fog. And from personal experience, I, I can say that it feels like that after I get adjustment, the fog's gone uh, and there's no more superior head congestion or inferior body starvation so no it's so true i mean i always tell people too sometimes like think of it like you're rubbing you know you're rubbing a gas pedal on your car like crazy you're mm-hmm. going to burn gas faster you're going to create more of an output yes. and if the brain can't cleanse that stuff properly because if you have a subluxation there's gonna be overstimulation to the brain you know we're going to go into sympathetics yeah and now we're firing that part in my office i'll just i call it the gas pedal but it's one of those things where um if you start to do that, what, you know, I love David Fletcher from uh, Dr. David Fletcher from CLA said, you know, mm-hmm. people who don't choose chiropractic, they're giving up on a life they never knew they have had. Yeah. And I love that statement because and I'm only saying it because of what you just said, right? Yeah. Superior, superior co- uh, congestion with inferior starvation. And it's like, you don't even know you're missing up, missing that part of your life because it's, it's, it's just what your body, it's just limited. It's limited to the brain with the limited, but the brain doesn't perceive and grab or get, it's not experienced. Well, remember uh, chiropractic philosophy one and try one the <laughs> unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. Yep. Versus the conscious incompetence. You like, uh, is that, is that, am I saying that right? Or am I? Yeah, I think, I think it's yeah. unconscious incompetence, unconscious, unconscious competence, yeah. conscious yeah. incompetence, and then conscious competence. I think that's how it goes. Right, right, right. So yeah. And how many patients have you had where, you know, they get up off the table after that first adjustment, like, man, I don't know how I survived my whole life without this. Yeah. You know, everyone says that and it's true. It, it you know, you get, uh, you remove all the interference out of the body and it, and it doesn't have to just be, you know, vertebrae in your spine. 
you change your diet, you're moving interference in your organs and your various, you know, systems of the body. You know, you, you, you change your, your mindset, you, you, you remove the interference that's going on in your mind that maybe is clouding your, your judgment. And so it's just removing that interference to anything in your life so that everything can flow properly. That's, that's the key. Well, you did a post on Instagram that I was really excited for you to share. Um, you, you don't even know this, uh, where you talked about when you had your first, you know, I think it was your late last born who was teething for like eight months and you weren't months. getting 10 months and you weren't getting sleep. And then versus yeah. now look at me, I haven't done anything different and I'm just sleeping more. Yeah. So I have slept like shit, just most, most of my life, pretty much all my life. Like when we were in chiropractic school, I was getting four or five hours of sleep a night, like every single night. And somehow I was able to still have this photographic memory and get through school. I don't know how, <laughs> but it caught up with me a few years ago and it was a contributing factor to why, you know, my, my mindset tanked so bad. And with my awakening last year, I have been able to finally get good sleep and everyone's touting all these different things to lose weight. And for me, it always has just been sleep because sleep deprivation has just kept that cortisol on just a high flow in my bloodstream for years. And so I just, so about Two and a half years ago, I weighed in at 248 and I was doing a lot of powerlifting at the time. And I, you know, I thought it was a good thing. Looking back, it was just an excuse because, you know, I just had a bunch of unhealthy habits and I was using powerlifting as an excuse. But with the, since I started sleeping again, I actually took two months off from the gym. I didn't do a single thing. I just, I, I needed a break mentally. I just didn't want to do anything. Uh, I'm not watching what I eat. Uh, my appetite is way less now. Just it regulated because I started sleeping and my body started healing and I was 248 a few years ago. And now I'm down to about 192 and I'm not, I just, I am not even trying. I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm not trying to gain weight. It's just it's been happening. So I mean, I'm working out again and I got, you know, pretty a set goal in mind for what I'm doing, but uh, yeah, it's sleep is a big key. <laughs> <laughs> I did so a, everything we've we've been talking about and throw that out the window, and let's just focus on sleep here, <laughs> dude. It's it's something that I I study like intensely for over five yeah. years now, and it's it's crazy how um, you don't without sleep. It's it's you know like you said cortisol. Your body recycles cortisol and gets rid of it when yes. you sleep. You know. Yeah. Or um, how about the sex binding globulating hormone? You know, if you keep that around, that's going to definitely overstimulate the nervous system uh, if you don't get the excess out. And sleep is what does. I mean, I can go all day with this, but I I have a program where um, in October we surveyed our patients and we're like, what do you guys want? Like we're looking in 2020. We want to see what create programs for what you guys want, you know, just to, just to give back to our community and give them more of what they want than less picking what we, we think would be a great topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. And weight loss was number one. And I'm like, oh, weight loss. I'm like, I don't want to talk about weight loss. I, I mean, I do programs every year just for, for New Year's. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to put it together and, and I'm going to like, I'm going to do it a little different. And then I am. And it just started today, but uh, it's an online program. But one of the things is uh, one of the weeks we're going to go over is the importance of sleep 
and yes. loss and being shredded. Cause you know, me vitalistic, holistic, uh, I just like chiropractic. We don't, we don't treat anything. We don't do one thing to get to this. It's, it's a whole picture. And the same thing with what I'm presenting. I'm like, I have to be congruent. So what I'm going to share is actually a whole life transformation. Can you get shredded? Of course you will. But it's more of a whole plethora of how can I help well-roundedness on them? Yeah. And you know, that post you were talking about where like, so the before and after, you know, with my before, I think I weighed 235 in that picture and my after, <clears throat> my after I, you know, I have abs now. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> but what I said in that post too, is that because of my lack of sleep, I think I personally believe I should have at least 15 to 20 pounds more muscle on me than I do because I never slept properly. I never gave my, my muscles and my body the chance to heal and to regenerate and to grow. And so it's almost like I, I have this base that I'm starting out with now. It's like, I'm just starting out at square one and uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I'm already seeing some changes based solely only on the fact that I'm getting more sleep and it's really cool. It, really it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you said, if I got proper sleep, muscle can rebuild and repair and grow and do what it needs to do. And yeah. growth hormone can come in because if you don't have, if remember, that's, that's what I love about the body. When you really like, I'll tell you, I'm a geek. I've actually had a chance of interviewing a couple of people who are like pioneers and leading thought leaders or thought leaders in mm -hmm. sleep research in the world. And it was really like, wow. love picking their brain, but it's, um, it's one of those things where like, yeah, that's why the body recycles cortisol because when cortisol is gone, then the body can go ahead because it doesn't fire insulin, which is the agonist to growth hormone. So mm -hmm. if insulin is not firing, then you can have more growth hormone kicking in, which is going to allow you to heal, repair, grow and develop. And, uh, I, I always do studies on myself. So it's always fun. I have uh, an aura ring that I wear. Um, oh, okay. And, uh, and I, I used to have a different technology back in the day before the company went out of business. Um, they're way ahead of their time, but, um, this is about 90% accurate, but I use it to monitor how deep I sleep. How's my REM. And I just was, a, I'm able now finally to get back into working out pretty much like I used to, uh, two years mm -hmm. ago, my spine straightened out from, uh, doing tonal work. I don't know if you remember if I had scoliosis. No, uh, I didn't turned out. Yeah, 28 degree lumbar left oh, wow. uh, and 21, 22 degrees to the right. It's weird. People look at me and they're like, I can, you know, when I had it before, they're like, I look at you and everything looks, I'm like, chiropractic keeps my nervous system very compensate. I mean, very well <laughs> adjusting, yeah. adapting to the processes of everything I have. And, yeah. uh, you know, I went to, I went to Wogan, Dr. Wogan in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. he got it down to about 15 degrees, but then it came back and it was real frustrating. Um, and I went to go to another doc, same thing, got it down to like 12 degrees in my lower back. But then it came back six months later and I did everything they told me to do. And it's nothing against the technique. There was just things missing. And I don't think it was the right technique for me. And then yeah. this is right. This is what I, this is why I started practicing tonal was because I started getting torque release done. And uh, within 10 months, 28 degrees to five degrees, no exercises, no nothing. My mid back okay. is at three degrees with wow. no exercise, no nothing. And then I found out we had, I, I found out down the road, I actually have, I'm one of the 3% with an anatomical short leg. Are you really? Okay. Yep. We measured yeah. it via x-ray. I, I had an, I got an x-ray in my office. I didn't have mm -hmm. x-ray for about four years in practice. Mm -hmm. Got an x-ray in my office. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? Let's get to the freaking bottom of this. I have to have a short leg anatomically because there's no way. Why yeah, is it going yeah. back? It, it shouldn't go back. 
um, if everything's stable from the, from the feet up. And so all of a sudden uh, we did it and I have like a little over an inch difference. Wow. But it makes sense though, because I I was, uh, I was born bilateral, bilateral club foot. Ah, And the leg that's shorter, it's my femur. Um, that was the leg that had to put a cast on my foot and everything and to get that one to turn where my right one, they just did PT on it. Mm, Okay. So it kind of sums it up, but who knows, but that's the whole, the whole journey into, to tonal and whatnot. You know, I think I've had maybe three people in practice. I mean, since I've been in practice that actually had anatomical, anatomical short legs, uh, where it just wasn't clearing out when I adjusted their, their C1. And I'm like, what's going on? And I'd actually, <laughs> I'm like, wow, you are one of the rare minority that has a, a true anatomical short leg. Cause everyone yeah. comes in they're like, yeah, my doctor said I have, you a know, short leg. a short leg. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's see. And then, you know, adjust them. It's straight. It's like, no, it just turned out you had a subluxation. Yep. <laughs> you got to love when they say that doc said I have a natural short leg. Really? That's less than 3% of the population. He's like, yeah. like, yeah. And they go, doc, I noticed you, you wear something. Cause now I have a shoe. I get my shoes fixed so that I can have that inch. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're like, I noticed you, you, you have one. I'm like, yeah, I actually do have one. I go, the way to test it accurately is x-ray. I go, we can do a measuring tape thing. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's what we did first. And it was like 1.1 inches. And I was like, Let's get under the x-ray. Let's do as mm-hmm. best as we can with this. So, yeah. That is a significant difference. Wow. That is. And that what it explains why I can straighten out in 15, down to 15 degrees in a week from the yeah. extensive work that I was getting. And then four or six months later, I'm back to normal, right back to where I was. And it was just, uh, it was a frustrating process. But the whole point of this whole story is um, I was able to get back. Now I'm able to finally, two years later, I'm able to, at least that's what it seems like. I've only been doing it for about a month. Um, get into heart, my harder workouts, functional movement type workouts. They're, they're similar to CrossFit, but a little different. Um, and my back doesn't bother me. But what I've noticed, and I've been experimenting more now, is with sleep and paying mm-hmm. attention to how well do I sleep. I measure all my numbers of how well I'm lifting. And the reps I'm lifting, because I want to see in three months how drastically I change. Yeah. It's it's scary, dude, because like my strength is already back to my max peak. Really? Well, so what what is your max peak? I'm curious. (laughs) So like, so I do it based off reps. So like, for example, like, so like 225, well, I shouldn't say max peaks, but, um, 225, what I was doing before when I left off with working out. So if I yeah. bench 225, I rep it around 20 to 25 times. Oh, um, you know, something like that. Back pulls, you know, depends on the machine. So let's see here. Um, pull-ups, I'm not back yet, which I know is going to take a couple months. I used to be able to do like at least 10, well, no, 15 to 20 pull-ups um, per set three times. But now, right now, I'm like at seven, eight, and I'm struggling, but that's okay. My body has to I have a shoulder thing I'm working through and a couple other things, um, but it'll get there. But when I do like a, a hammer strength hammer, like I do this one machine where I lay, but at a 45 degree angle down and the weights just pull and I just lift, you mm-hmm. know, I'm able to do about 350, mm-hmm. 400. I get about, I don't know, 10, 12 reps. So to me, that's what I look at max peak. So, and it's just funny how fast I accumulated up to that. And yeah, I'm just like, awesome. now I just have to get my reps more consistent. Like I'm saying, I didn't do it three times. I can do that once. And then I'll be like two, three reps less than another two, three up two to three reps less. But 
the thing that I'm attributing it all to, it's not like I haven't wasn't working out before. It wasn't just as consistent in doing the other crazy workouts I like to do with it. Like, yeah. you know, when I say crazy, it's like doing maybe uh, heavy ropes, jumping side to side, slamming them down, doing a few more heavy rope rounds side to side done. I'll do some, I'll do some box jumps after box jumps. Maybe I'm doing burpees mm-hmm. before I do the box jumps. I'm like, there's a lot of variable movements I'm doing and yep. uh, trying to incorporate mm-hmm. as much lateral movements as possible. Cause you got to feed that part of the brain also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I'm slowly being able to get back into it. But what the interesting thing was, is what I'm noticing is as I'm sleeping and I'm monitoring and grading my sleep, I'm monitoring the reps and the changes and I'm accelerating back up faster and faster. I haven't done some things yet. Like I haven't squatted yet. I normally don't like the squat. I usually sprint instead, but I'm mm-hmm. going to be, I'm going to be, um, I haven't tested that out, but like my deadlifts, I was able to do 225, 12, ti- 12, 13 reps, three times, which I was like, not my peak, but I'm like, I'm able to lift the weight in higher reps now than I used to. Where yeah. I told you a month ago, dude, I was barely doing like 165, <laughs> like eight times and I was crying through it. Um, so my back's letting me do it. I'm able to do it. It's just pushing through as hard as much as I can. But the sli- back to your sleep thing. That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Dude. I'm telling you, it's, 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 yeah. you can sleep off. Like I've, I've educated, I've done, I've done. Every year, almost, there's been a couple of years where I didn't do it. I would do like a New Year's new program kind of thing, just help uh-huh. individuals and whatnot. And every time I educate about how sleep you can, mm-hmm. there's people who I know who slept things off, like literally slept off the weight. And, yeah. and that's why when I, when you did that post, I was like, oh, I love it. I even talked about a couple of patients about you. I was like, yeah, I have a friend of mine. He's, he's killing it. He's in uh, Arizona. He's a chiropractor. He does amazing things and whatnot. And he, you know, he showed this picture of himself. And it was just so reason why I'm sharing this with you is because this is how important sleep is. Because we we're talking about, they were talking about weight loss and stuff and how they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And I know they don't sleep well. So I was trying to bring that into the picture. So I'm talking yeah. about you without even knowing it is what I'm trying to say. Hey, I appreciate it. That, that's awesome. It, you know, it's funny is I was actually really self-conscious about sharing that, which is funny being married to who I am because January is a very, very big body positive self-love advocate. Love and that about her, by the way. Tell her I said that. Okay. Yeah, I will. If you, if you look at her Instagram, you know, she has some, you know, some pictures where she's shown off some things and, you know, the one where she's not wearing much and, you know, my hands on her ass. And, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but for, but I I was extremely self-conscious of sharing that. And it turned out to be one of my biggest posts of 2019 on Instagram. So, uh, isn't it? it, And I love how you guys, you guys share that stuff and you're just, you know, my wife always tells me like, cause you guys have Instagram down to a T, you know, and you're just, guys check out their Instagram. It's phenomenal. They share a lot of great stuff. Um, and, it, and my wife's like, you got to get more personal with your life. I'm like, eh, well, eventually I'll get there. <laughs> well, so that's the thing with, with social media and all that is people want to see the authenticity. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's something that you see a lot with specifically with, with chiropractors is there's a lot of, um, there's not a lot of authenticity with their social media and as a whole, because there's a lot of like stock photos, stock quotes, you know, you know, we're open for patients today, call this number. <laughs> People know that if you're a chiropractor, like if you have a chiropractic Instagram account, they know you're a chiropractor. Yep. They see your location on your bio page. Like they know these things. They don't need you to remind them that you're a chiropractor. So give them something else, give them some other information. And then what you can do is you can always tie it back to chiropractic, which you do that. I, 
I do that. If you look at my, my Instagram posts, I always do that. And, but it gives you like, I talk about meditation and I talk about, uh, I don't know, diet or different forms of, of exercise you can do outside of the gym. I mean, just anything and, and everything. I try to be as unorthodox as I can, but then I always tie it back to chiropractic or like one thing I like doing is I like, I love making memes. I'm like a huge, meme. <laughs> yes, you are meme buff. <laughs> and so I make, I make my own memes, my own chiropractic memes and they're silly and they're dumb, but people love them. And cause you know, a lot of times I'm just, I'm, I'm taking something that maybe we, we see a lot of in everyday life being a chiropractor and, you know, make fun of it. And people love that kind of stuff. People love self-deprecating humor. They love authenticity. You know, if you can make fun of yourself before anyone else does, you've literally won the battle. <laughs> no one can say, hey, you know, you, you, you sucked at playing the guitar in this one video. And it's like, I know, I actually mentioned it in my caption. You must have read that. <laughs> yeah, I actually mentioned how I played this first part of it really well, and then it got to the easy part, and I totally screwed it up and looked stupid, and I looked like an idiot. But hey, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, th- yeah, exactly. But people just love the authenticity, and they don't, they don't need you to tell them that you're a chiropractor and that you can help them. And that you're, you know, you're taking, you're now accepting walk-ins and, you know, <laughs> of course, every chiropractor. Uh, Consultations are free across the board, whether it's a chiropractor or a medical doctor or a realtor, every consultation is free. No one charges for consultation. So all these like old rote things that you see people doing for all these decades, like it doesn't work. You know, so do something different. Just be yourself. People might actually like you a lot better. You know, it's funny you say all that because like when I first got out in business, I was, they were saying the new trend of social media. This is what, 10 years, nine, 10 years ago. Yeah. It was going to be all about being authentic. Like they yeah. don't want you all clean cut and you know, like I was at, I was at a financial place at the time, but it was, um, they were like, yeah, we don't want you clean cut in the suit and being all professional and making it look nice. They're like, we just want you to be you. And that's what people want. Yeah. And it's funny because 10 years later, that's what social media turned out to being. Yeah. It's still what people want. Yeah. That's, that's why, uh, like this reality era we're in is so huge. Everyone wants to see behind the scenes with celebrities and <clears throat> I, I am, I will admit, I grew up being a massive, massive pro wrestling fan. And <laughs> over the past years, I have not enjoyed, like, I, I don't, I have, I don't watch WWE at all because I think it's really cheesy and, and just, it's really not fun, but. It's gotten away from what it used to, in my opinion, because yeah. I used to be too. Yeah. Have you seen, have you watched any of AEW since that started? No, but I heard it started. My buddy was, my oh, buddy's still big wow. into it all. And he told me yeah, about it. It's awesome. It's like nineties wrestling done perfectly. Wow. And okay. I have loved it. And it's gotten huge because some of the, the wrestlers who started it, they were huge on social media and they were That's themselves right. and they do funny stuff. They'll, they'll, they'll be in character and out of character and, and people love that kind of stuff. And it's made this new wrestling promotion massive because and they just tapped into that authenticity factor. I love that. And then it, isn't it, that's the one that's competing with, they, they got broke off of WWE and said, F this, we're going to create competition for them because they well, bought all is, the comp- it was, uh, it's some indie wrestlers and they, they got together. And what it is, is um, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's it. Yep. Son, yep. Yeah. His son, Tony Khan was a huge wrestling fan and like, yep. 
And so he got together with these guys and they have all the money. These wrestlers, they, they're all doing it the way they feel like it should be done. And it's, it's coming together to be this just awesome product. And man, I like my kids and I, we watch every episode that comes out. It's so fun to watch. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out. And they, they do a lot of stuff in Chicago. Like their big shows are always in Chicago. I'll have to check and see. You have to come out, man. We'll go. How's that sound? That sounds bad. <laughs> I, I might take you up on that offer. Yeah, why not? I love it. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much time you have. Um, uh, I, mean, I haven't had any knocks on the bedroom door yet. So <laughs> let's keep going. All right. Let's go. I, I, hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Who was your favorite wrestler growing up? My favorite wrestler growing up was Sting. Sting. He was a yeah, good one. Seventh, in seventh grade, I got my hair. I, I had a flat top just about the whole year in seventh grade, and I looked like a total loser, but <laughs> I looked like Sting, and I was very pleased about that. I love when he – well, I love the different forms of him. When he was with the WCW, that was awesome. Yeah, when he um, became posting, now that was just awesome. But I then mean. when he came that way, it was cool. He was with the NWO for a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he joined the, the Wolf Pack when they went red and black. That That's cool. right. See, yeah, I'm going back yeah. to old memories now. Oh yeah, I, like I said, I'm I'm like a freakishly nutty wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so no, like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. I liked Hulk Hogan when I was a little kid. I mean, <clears throat> you grew up in the '80s, and you know, if any every uh, red-blooded American male growing up in the '80s is going to love Hulk Hogan and Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, so when I was a little kid, I liked him and Ultimate Warrior, but. Like earlier in the '90s, definitely Sting, Rock. Rock was always one of my favorites. Yeah, Rock was mine. Uh, St- Stone Cold was mine. I loved Stone the Rock. Yeah. Stone Cold was mine because he just didn't give enough. Yeah, he just was. You know, buck the system, which you know, I love. That <laughs> idea. I, I hate authority yeah. myself. And uh, I like Rock because he was so funny. Yes. Like he just came up with like the craziest crap, and it was just hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing to see where, you know, like you see these wrestlers we grew up with and then you see their lives moving forward. And it's like, I mean, the rock like right now is on top of the world. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just yeah. like, it's getting bigger and bigger for him, which is really, really cool. And mm-hmm. of course, authenticity showing behind the scenes. He does yeah. a really good job of that. He does. Uh, that's why he'll be president rock one day. <laughs> you think so? I think he's going to be president. Yeah. If Donald Trump can be president, the rocks are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Donald Trump, he's opened the door for a lot of people. That's he all has. I could say, you know, he, really has. he has, that's true. Uh, you know, if that's like that statement right there. If Donald Trump can be president, well, shit, then I can be president. It's like, Hey, it opened up the door. Now people have some inspiration and hope. You never know. What would you say to parents or people who are looking to have a kid? What's, what's the mindset? Cause you have six of them and I know it's different for each. Yeah. Cause like one's different than two, two's different than three, three's different than four and X, Y, Z. But um, if you had to sum it all up to give a new parent, some good solid advice, what would that be? Hmm. Well, <laughs> hold on tight. <laughs> Honestly, parenting is the hardest job you will ever have because it's 24 seven. Um, it's so like with us, one of our kids wakes up about 7am every morning. He's just an early riser. That's how I was when I was a kid. And then our older kids, so we have teenagers, we have a 16 and 14 year old and they stay up till like midnight or one. Um, cause we, we homeschool, they actually do, uh, Arizona state, <clears throat> Arizona oh. state as a online prep high school. 
Oh, nice. They, they do their high school online with ASU, so it's, they can kind of do it whenever they want. And, you know, and if you have a teething baby or you have a toddler that gets up in the night and then you have to deal with that, you're, you're literally on call. Like you're, you're on the job for what, 16 hours. And then you're on call for the other eight. So there's never really a true break. It's true. And so you just, you just have to be willing to accept that and just, um, re analyze your priorities in life or how you want to do things. And, you know, you may need to put some things on hold as well and, it's uh, before you have kids, you can think about yourself a lot more, right? You can think about your dreams and your goals and your wants and desires. And then when you have a kid, then you got to think about their wants and desires at least as much as yours, if not more. So it's yeah. uh, that, that's kind of the big thing for it's me. Funny. Yeah. And it's funny too. Well, not in a funny way, but like they were looking at studies and, you know, and and in America for the most part, you know, like they look at how much does a a stay at home mom work when they they had to do it by hours. Mm -hmm. And, and it was crazy because when they, when the numbers came up, I think it was like 93 hours a week. Yeah. If it was like a normal work week, this is what they do to take care of their kids. Cause you know, there's that stigma sometimes I'm a stay at home mom. I'll stay at home moms. They got it easy. And I'm always like, uh, and cause I see a lot of kids and moms and families and it's always one of those things where I'm like, it ain't easy. You got 90 some hours a week of work. I was like, I can't do what you do. There's no way I, I would go burn out easily. Yeah. You well, know? when January was doing a lot of traveling with her birth without fear events, I, I was, you know, for the most part, I was a stay at home dad for uh, a few years there. And it's, it is a, insanely hard work. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. And uh, truthfully, I, I, I didn't, it's not for me. <laughs> and, and now, the way we have our lives, the way we've designed our lives is we, we have a lot going on, a lot we work on, but we do it, you know, along on our terms and in a way to where we can also co-parent together and do everything together. So there's not one of us that's a stay-at-home parent and the other one that's the provider, you know, or vice versa. It's just, we're, we're both just tag teaming it all you know i think that's how it should be in my opinion i agree i you know i've never ever enjoyed those traditional stereotypes you know i grew up always everyone telling me i had to be a good provider and then when january and i got married uh, her family was always you know talking constantly about providing and this and that and the other and i'm like well why can't we both do things you know why does yeah. it just have to be why do i have to sit and be the provider and why does January have to stay home? Because I don't want to just be the provider and she doesn't want to just stay home. So let's try and do it together. And we finally figured out how to do that. And it's great. Yeah. Now, I think, you know, it's funny because I, I was getting to my house remodeled a little bit in the last six months. And um, it was funny because one of the guys who was doing the work but, and one at the end, we I was like, I'll get you some food. If you're hungry, he's been working all day. I'm like, I'll, I'll make something really quick. And at the end, we're all eating. And at the end, I'm like, I gotta go wash dishes. And he's like, does your wife do that? I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, your wife. And I'm like, I know I could tell you grew up in a different generation. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, my wife doesn't have jobs. Like, it's not her duty. It's our duty. I make I make the dishes dirty and I love to cook. And so does she. Why is it her responsibility? And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I'm not upset about it. I'm like, I'm just, I'm challenging your thought process. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a team effort. Like, 
those yeah. things aren't done, we get it done. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm like, Hunt, come on, I've been doing dishes for like 10 days straight. What's going on here? Um, you get a little frustrated, but it, it's not it, at the end of the day though. It's, it's a team effort. I actually do the dishes the least in our house because all our kids do dishes. and oh, That's the beauty of having six kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just don't want to do that shit anymore. So. <laughs> I, for all that people are listening, I know that you guys never heard me talk about this, but one of the things for me is like I tell my wife, three, you know, we're looking at potentially having three kids and I joke and I'm like, you know, when they get older, I want them to learn chores as soon as they can because there's stuff that I do not want to do, and it's their duty to be part of the house to learn about the team factor. <laughs> you know that that's so true. That's what we've we've done, and so anytime our kids want something, so this is this is how our our philosophy is: we'll give our kids what they want, but they have to earn it, no matter what, and not necessarily money. So. Okay, so our son wants to watch, uh, I don't know, some new movie that came out on, you know, we can, he wants us to buy a new movie on Amazon so he can watch it. Okay, sure. Well, you need to clean up the entire kitchen. And that means doing the counters, doing the dishes, sweeping, make sure it looks nice. And you do that, then we'll, we'll let you, you know, watch that movie and that sort of thing. So that's, that's like our entire parenting philosophy. Anytime one of the kids wants something, sure, absolutely. You just have to do this first. And I think that, they've turned out, I mean, we're January and I are blown away by how awesome of, of humans our kids are like, it's like unbelievable. Well, as a parent, give yourself, you know, you guys from leading that way, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, sometimes I think the biggest key for parents is to give the, their children the, the tools necessary to thrive in life as best as they possibly can for with all that you've learned and know. And so, yeah when you make them do stuff for what they want, you're teaching them that nothing's given for free, that nothing's given in life. And you know that I, I, at oh least I, gosh, yeah. I know that. I mean, nothing yeah. is ever, um, you know, as much, you know, when I was younger, we didn't come from, uh, uh, you know, wealth at all. I was blue collar family. And I learned that early on, like, Hey, I want these things. I had friends, I got everything they wanted and I did it. And I was like, man, but I had to work for it. I didn't like it at the time. I appreciate it now because it taught me that mentality. And that's a great uh, work ethnic and so much more to, to develop them. In. Yeah. And it, it just spills over into everything because you, you literally can have anything you want in your life. It's just all a matter of what level of that thing do you want and is the output output that you're you're doing the work that you're doing is that going to match that level you know yeah. so i have a really really crazy dream of actually one day being part of a uh, big time metal band and um i know that's a huge dream but i am practicing the guitar and like i i practice at least two hours a day well, that's awesome yeah, and I'm teaching uh, one of my daughters is picking up the guitar, and she is picking it up about hundred times faster than I did. She's already flying through scales and chords, and but so, so we talk about having a family band one day, and so I'm going to be the rhythm guitarist. And I told her, I'm like, well, you're lead because you're already doing that stuff. I mean, give it two years time, and you're going to be leaving me in the dust with your finger speed. And so one of our other daughters, she's learning bass bass guitar and we just need to get some drums. I think one of our sons is a drummer cause he's like literally drumming on everything and likes to, uh, irritate members of his family <laughs> drumming on the wall and the table. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So that's one of my dreams and I'm, 
I'm working hard towards it, but I'm also, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I have an intention and if it, if it happens, it's going to be awesome. And if it, it doesn't happen, I know what's going to come to me because of it is going to also be equally as awesome. So the apple, uh, the yeah. apple and the orange, man, it's, it, that's just, that's what it's all about. That's so cool though. It, it, it's yeah, really, really yeah. cool. I see it coming to fruitation and nowadays it's so much easier to do things to create those types of things with the social media and the internet and all the way that things are done now. Yeah, well, so the other night I posted up uh, a, a video of me playing a uh, System of a Down song, and this this uh, metal band in uh, the Netherlands liked it, and I went and checked out their page, and they, you know, they have what fifteen thousand followers on Instagram, and they just came out with their first album last year, and I started interacting with them, and then I listened to their album, and it was awesome, and I'm like, holy crap, this came about from social media. This like never would have happened twenty, thirty years ago. And it's like blowing my mind and, you know, me just posting some, you know, stupid, you know, it, guitar video like that got me talking with this band. That's like, that's awesome. That's how it, cool is that? It, it, the times we live in are absolutely amazing. And so they blow me away. I, yeah. I mean, to be in this day and age, it's, it's like the best time to be a geek Yeah, because like all of the, the movies and shows coming out, you know, all the superhero shows and movies it's fantastic and then you can you can interact with celebrities and famous people on social media if that's what you want to do um look i mean january's book you know birth without fear uh came out last year in march uh that was a significantly large book deal and it came about because of her social media presence um we had yeah, she had a, a lady emailed her and say, hey, have you ever thought about publishing a book? I work for a book agent. And so we had a, a call with the book agent and this lady that emailed January. And next thing you know, the agent, she got us a meeting with six publishers in New York City on this Monday in March of 2017. And so me and January and our agent are going all over New York City meeting with publishers. And later that week, it went up for an auction and we went with Hachette books and it's, I mean, yeah, just from social media, it, it's, it's just, you can, you can literally create yourself in any way you want because of social media. Yeah. And, and the, the cool thing too, is like your own, your, it, the way I see social media is like, it's your way of being your own news outlet about your life. Yeah. And, and you can showcase, share, do whatever you have your own channel. You got your own instant, whatever it is that you use, um, to be able to do just that. And, and, you know, you get this, you get to dictate to the market who you are as long as you use it. Yes. And it's so awesome because you can be so deceptive with it too, because you can show stuff that makes people think they know everything about you. (laughs) <laughs> while still telling people nothing about yourself. That's oh, like, that's so true. January and I, we share like the very superficial things about ourselves, but man, like all oh, like the deep stuff, we don't, you know, that's, that's for us. That's for no one else, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. That's yeah, kind of yeah, how I am. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's things that if you and I were hanging out face to face, we'd be talking about that we're not talking about. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> there's some things that don't need to be put, you know what I mean? It, it, there yeah, has exactly. to be that level, that boundary. Yeah, there's and some I, stuff, yeah, there's some behind the scenes that should just stay there. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. But it's a cool time. I mean, like I always tell people, um, you know, if I'm if depending on who I'm coaching, or if I'm working with someone who's like wanting to start their biz or something, I always tell them like, get on social media, put a freaking video out there and do it, you know, every day or two or three times a week, or just do something to yeah. showcase who you are. And I'm like, you do that consistent for at least a year, you will, you're going to build traction some way, somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, this trend in social media is content, content, content. It doesn't matter if you're getting 12 likes or 632 likes on a post, just post at least every day for whatever you're doing. If, if you're wanting to grow it, whether it's a business or cause or whatever, and just keep putting the content out there. And not only just any content, because if you put a bunch of crap out there that, you know, no one's going to want to watch that or read that because then that's all they're going to expect from you. But you've got to put good content out there. And it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of thought, but it works. Yeah, it just works. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, I could share a lot of success stories. I know you can share a lot of success stories, just like with the whole band thing. It's one of those things where you have access to so many different people in so many different ways. And it's, it's crazy. Cause like, that's the thing, like before I used to focus on the likes and see all that. And it's fascinating now where I may not get all the likes, but what's interesting is it's the content. And then it's funny how people see your stuff and they're like, Hey, I've been following you. I love your posts. I love what you're doing. And I'm like, man, I've never seen that person like anything, but it's like, it's the content of just putting it out there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. There is a very, very famous uh, musician who was especially famous in the 90s who follows all of January's social media accounts. And when the Birth Without Fear book came out, January literally just DM'd her on Instagram and say, hey, can I send you a book? And she was like, yeah, sure. Send, here's, you know, send it to my agent or whoever. And um, this, this person likes her stuff frequently. And it's, it's like, it's insane. Like, I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some other, you know, um, celebrities, actors and stuff like that, that, you know, or, or big Instagram accounts that follow January. And we were kind of looking at it last week and it's like, wow, this is amazing. It's like, can you believe you've, you've done this? Like you've, you've put out all this, this good stuff. And, and these, these people who are, you know, these celebrities, they're, they're loving what you're putting out. It's great. I love it. How, what is, so for people just to connect with you guys and all that you guys are up to and doing, how do they do so? Uh, well, it's pretty easy. Um, you can look up my Inst Instagram is our social media of choice. Uh, so my Instagram handle is Dr. Brandon Harshi, uh, Dr. Brandon Harshi, all one word, uh, or Harshi Chiropractic is my chiropractic uh, site. Uh, my wife is January Harshi. That's her Instagram. Uh, there's also Birth Without Fear, Take Back Postpartum. Uh, don't forget Dads is another one of ours. Let's see. I'm probably missing one, but those are, those are the big ones. Uh, yeah. And you, have and you have a podcast. We do the Harshi podcast. We started it in uh, July of 2017. After a third episode, we were number 72 in the world in the comedy section. So I was pretty stoked about that. Holy cow. Yeah. Cause the comedy section is some stiff competition. And I mean, everyone on there, it's like literally celebrity podcasts. And we got to number 72 after the third episode and we stayed <clears throat> around there until Apple changed all their algorithms. And now we haven't you know, been in the top 200 since. So, yeah. um, but, I know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.